This is HPR episode 2726 entitled Home Theater Part 2 Software High Level. It is hosted by operator and is about 21 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is I go over a high level of my notes for the software on my media box as it relates to TV slash movies slash music. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. I'm your host, Operator. This is going to be part two of the series, um, Building Your Own Media Center Box Deal. Um, it's uh, going to go over software. I went over the hardware portion, and I'll work on the tags once I get the whole series up. But this is going to be a higher-level overview of the software portion of how to kind of build your media center. Uh, the hardware port I've done already, and this will be a high level of the software. The good news is uh, the software portion I have completely documented from start to end uh, as far as installation media and all that. So I'm going to briefly go over that, breeze over pages and pages and pages of, of setup, and then I will eventually come back to areas that need more focus on usage and how to, how I utilize those applications. So, first thing I've got here is set up USB boot. It used to be, there was a couple of other options, but it looks like everybody's using Rufus, R-U-F-U-S, to create boot media, um, in Windows at least. So, what I did was, is got Rufus and downloaded the live image of Debian. You don't need the full install. And install proper, you know, normal way you're going to install. The trick here is, if you have um, newer BIOSes, um, and you can't set the legacy mode. Try to set the legacy mode so everything just kind of works. You don't have to wor- worry about UEFI stuff. Turn all that stuff off unless you need it for a particular reason. But uh, make it a legacy boot just to save yourself uh, mental anguish. Um, partitions move around and things move around. And then also I have notes here for using um, partition-based UUID uh, and not uh, the actual SDA, whatever. So, for example, when your computer boots up, it boots off of SDA2, normally. Now, what can happen, in my environment at least, uh, the drive started moving around. Um, it was UEFI issue or the BIOS issue or whatever. Um, to get around this, I had legacy mode, and then I also implemented the part UUID option. And I have notes in there, and I'll, I'll, I'll go over that a little bit, but basically it means get the UUID of the unique ID of the hard drive and mount that, not SDA2. This will prevent any issues around, you know, medium, boot media moving around, media moving around, swapping drives. It doesn't matter the order of the drive. It doesn't matter any of that. Because you're, you're querying the system and saying, here, what's the UID of this? Boot it. What's the UID of that? Boot it. Um, so that got around my boot issues. 
here's some uh, also enabled some TuneFS stuff around journaling, disabling journaling. There's more other TuneFS stuff that I did um, to to in theory make the the box faster. Um, I, I don't know whether or not those really do anything. Um, I added an FS tab, async, no A time. I don't know if those necessarily do anything better or worse, but from why I understand, it's supposed to be better. Um, that's in the notes about boot media. For the window manager, I used XFCE that uh, I think comes default with uh, Debian, the plain Debian install. The reason I didn't go with Ubuntu is there's a lot of hate around Ubuntu and there's a lot of junk that gets installed with Ubuntu and even XFCE, but we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over that. But it's pretty light compared to any of the other distros out there. Um, when I have issues, um, going around Google dorks. So when I have issues around stuff, it's hard to get any hits that aren't Ubuntu. So I'll do how to get something up minus Ubuntu and then minus X Ubuntu. So that way, if I'm searching around for issues, I don't get a bunch of specific stuff for apt or um, apps to, uh, package management stuff and specific to Ubuntu. So um, it'll be more Debian specific instead of Ubuntu or X Ubuntu, whatever. Um, I got a list of base apps to install. Um, Gparted for partition stuff. Um, IOTOP to check out, check out what's going on with the hard drives. And the usage of the hard drives, you know, read-write speeds and all that. Um, Veracrypt is used for encryption. That's something different. Uh, RSync I use for uh, for doing backups, things like that. I might do a separate one on that. So what happens is when you install the, the version of RSync, it doesn't have some of the features that you would want to see. So, for example, if you're copying a large amount of data, like uh, terabytes worth of data... The way R-Sync works, oh, and a car alarm is going off, great. Um, tried to record in a, and not in a car. I'm going to try to be better about my audio, but um, the noise level should be not, not car level unless I'm doing some quick tips. But anyways, uh, sorry about that. The, the reason I use com uh, compile uh, R-Sync from Git is that if you're copying large amounts of data, it will give you an actual better percentage of how it's going to be complete overall instead of giving you the percentage of the next 10,000 files. Um, so if you're doing big, big copies and using rsync, you want to use the get version of rsync because it has some extra options called uh, dash dash info something to, and that, that information is all in there. Um, auto logins through FX, FX, F, XFCE. So basically, this is information on how to set up automatic login. So when the computer boots, it boots and logs in. There's some other stuff in here around um, adding custom scripts. That's not too too uh, too hard to figure out. There's a lot of stuff on startup scripts and stuff like that. Once you log in to start something, um, FS tab information. We already talked about that. Um, Cody is what I use, which is kind of an offset of, you know, Xbox Media Center that spun into something else, and now it's it's all Cody. So, um, some details I'll say around that is uh, you want to set up um, underscan inside of Cody, so that way there's a lot of newer TVs will have overscan or underscan built into them. You really want to do that through the operating system itself. And overscan or underscan, whatever you want to call it, 
is if you see stuff bleeding over or not fitting properly to your TV or whatever you're sending the output to, you'll you'll have to mess with that setting. So there's auto scan or underscan underscan overscan stuff inside of Kodi. You'll want to set that up. Um, you'll want to set up the correct audio. I haven't had a whole lot of problems with Pulse using Pulse so far. Um, I'll talk about audio compression in a second. Um, I'm about a fourth of the way through, so I'm really kind of blazing over this, but I'm about one-fourth way through, so I think I'm good on time. Uh, there's, uh, I'll, I'll briefly go over the, about seven minutes in, so I'll briefly go over the audio compression stuff. So if you have issues, like anybody else, if you're watching TV, some of the TV, some of the movies have really big music scenes that are really loud and then quiet talking so everybody whispers and whisper 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 in a specific accent and you can't hear them it's very hard to understand so you have to turn off the audio and then when they go to the action scenes right there's swords and fighting and screaming and music and it's all very very loud so there's some some notes i have here on audio compression which i just did recently um and it's it makes a pretty big difference um and sometimes it's not the desired effect because of the person transcoded it however they transcoded the audio it 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 seems to be hit or miss in some cases but in general it's it's saved saved me some an earful of uh, of issues uh, i also bound a negative uh, 10 db or 15 db for the base inside of the um uh, receiver app that i use to do that that and that's in the hardware setup the yahtzee or whatever it's called that I control my media center or I control my receiver with an Android app and you can do custom commands inside of there. And that's in the, the hardware portion. Actually, it's more software, but I use that to control the receiver with a simple Android, a single Android device. Um, file management uh, inside of Kodi. You've got a clean library. You want to do those. Um, if you ever have issues with, with, uh, stuff being out of place and out of order. I think it does automatically clean library uh, it, it automatically in Kodi, but you might have to do that. Uh, let's see. Deloge is what I use for um, for torrent stuff. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Installs, web app based. I've been using that for a while. I used to use rtorrent, but now I've switched to web based Deloge and it's easier for my Deloge or however you pronounce it. It's easy for my wife to use and myself to use. Uh, sonar I use for TV, and I'll, I might do an episode on that. So sonar is used for the TV part. That's the that's the part that tracks what TV episodes you'd like to watch, and will automatically send those to your your um, your Usenet application. In my case, it's SAB and CBD plus. Uh, let's see the Plex part. Um, I run Plex as a normal user on the system um not as root i would suggest you do that also suggest kind of security through obscurity that you run the port on an alternative port so if some big vulnerability comes out for plex you're not in that that boat of people that gets compromised so i i manually update plex and it's pretty pretty easy the way i've got the notes here you just download the dev file i could actually automate this but i don't want it to to knock over the database or break something when when i do an update so i do updates manually and back up everything manually um so I, i'll have a plex user that i run everything through instead of instead of root uh subsonic is what i use for audio 
and I've got about a terabyte and some change worth of audio on there. It's basically like a build your own iTunes. You can share media. You can allow people to download multiple logins. Um, excuse me. Um, I've got description here for backing up Subsonic and updating Subsonic. Um, system D scripts. Um, may have done an episode of that. I'd have a LinkedIn post of how to do system D and it's, it's pretty interesting and pretty creative or pretty strong or powerful once you kind of understand and get over the fact that it's not, um, an ID or whatever. So, um, there's some scripting in there. So instead of having a service script that points to a script file, which is kind of how most people are you're supposed to do it, I guess, it, I have a service file that just escapes a bunch of parameters and runs my shell script straight inside of the exec start. So you don't actually have to have a system service and the point and the script that it points to. You can do everything inside of the service file, which is probably not the way you're supposed to do it, but that's how I have all my service files set up. So if I need to do changes inside of a script, I don't have to edit two different things, the system service, the service file, and whatever the actual script is. Um, I have some NVIDIA notes here around uh, NVIDIA and Debian, um, installing NVIDIA drivers. That was how you got the underscan to work and, uh, and NVIDIA and the gamma to work. So adjusting gamma... You'll want to do that. Find one of those um, white balance videos to play or flight white balance image, black and white. I'll tell you how to adjust the white balance. I like my stuff brighter than, than I do darker. Um, a lot of movies and TV is darker than it should be. So I usually have my gamma. Uh, I actually have it set here in the settings here. I have my gamma at 1.381. So, and the underscan set to 32. So that way, if something happens, or if I'm looking at some content and I can't see either in the dungeon, then I can see what I need to see and not, not worry about uh, missing um, details. Um, here's some grub no splash, which um, I think I had some startup timing issues, and I thought maybe if I turn the, the grub to not splash, it'll start up you know a little bit faster. Um, general config stuff. Um, update db which is kind of locate locate database if you ever use the locate feature um notes for that uh, here's some notes for hack lab which is not relevant to debian um some grub notes for the hack lab um, zone minder notes which is for my um for my, that's part of my media box setup, but it's not really relevant. And I've already done that episode on Zone Minder and my uh, my um, object recognition stuff. So if you look under my episodes, you'll see an episode for uh, Zone Minder slash CCTV slash um, um, Darknet stuff. Yolo, uh, pretty cool. Detects dogs and cats and people and cars and will send me email alerts and I have all that all that scripting in here. So there's there's a fair amount of notes in here that aren't relative to the actual media part, but my, my server itself and how I have it set up. Um, let's see, more ZoneMinder stuff, more ZoneMinder stuff. Uh, Borg backups. I'll probably do a separate episode on this, and I might have some notes that I've, I've done. Uh, actually, I did one on Spider Oak, so a quick tip for Spider Oak. Um, so this just explains the Borg backup notes in the Google Docs. Just explains how I do backups for my root partition. 
And I, I've noticed a number of times, you know, if you back up the .conf files, the .conf files on your entire system every time you boot, they're small, they don't take up a lot of space, and you have an archive of every single comp file in your entire system. And that, that will get you most of where you want to go. Now, when you screw up databases and you screw up other configuration files, that's not going to help you, and that's where Borg Backup uh, comes into play, and you can iteratively restore certain files around the file system. Um, and I've had some success with that where I've modified something or deleted something and said, oh, I completely screwed that up. i got to restore from my old, from my old uh, backup. Um, I have here notes on Google Drive, which I don't use anymore, um, but I kept them in there for other people. Um, Debian Workstation notes. Um, I have notes on here about uh, um, Wi-Fi, Lenovo on a Wi-Fi, um, plugins for stuff. So that's more for, for Workstation stuff. That's pretty much it. So well, half of this is not relevant to the media box. The big pieces are, you know, the, the boot issues I had um, setting up Plex, setting up Sonar, setting up SAB and CBD which don't see any notes in here at all about SAB and CBD which is kind of weird um, I think because I've got that down on, on lock pretty good um, so I might do a quick thing on that one but SAB and CBD is pretty, pretty straightforward but the high level it is, software goes is you you set up your Usenet service. You set up your indexers inside of SAB and ZBD. You set up your indexers inside of Sonar, which will grab all your TV stuff. Um, you set up plugins for your browsers to... Um, sorry for the audio. Um, you'll set up plugins for your browser to automatically pipe stuff straight to SAB and ZBD. So if, you, if you're clicking on an NZB file... It'll go, if you're on the same network, obviously, it'll go straight straight dump to your, uh, automatically download from your indexer, so you don't have to upload the NZB file. So the way it all works is that there's, there's Usenet, and I should have started from the beginning with all this, but there's Usenet, and, and Usenet has, has all the content, the TV and all that stuff. Then there's, there's people that index Usenet, and there's multiples of, of Usenet indexers out there, they run for anywhere from you know ten dollars to twenty dollars a year or so, and they will index all of Usenet for you, and then you tell it what you want and what kind of quality and all that. And and Sonar will manage the TV quality within within reason, and then it it will uh, point to where to download those files instead of Usenet. So instead of instead of having go having to go to this the to the indexer or to go to the Usenet group and find the files yourself, these indexers will index it and then mark them as bad or good and different. And, you know, uh, well, they'll nuke certain releases and things like that to help you uh, manage that when, when something gets pulled. So the Usenet part is what gets you the content. Sonar is what downloads the content for you automatically. And then your indexers are generally, you know, when you manually log into an indexer is when, you're, when I pull down, when I pull down movies, movies and stuff. So the uh, I'll go to the indexer, click the link to send it automatically. The, the using the plugin, I'll send that NZB file directly to the um, the indexer, the, the SAB NZBD, the the Usenet downloader for my server, and then that's how stuff pops up. And Cody does all the cover art and all that all that stuff for you. Sometimes you'll have to go in there and and uh, rename files. 
Um, I might do a thing on management uh, sonar that will include also the fixing I do to some of the movies that get downloaded with random file names. Um, but in general, you don't have to mess with the TV stuff so much. The movies you have to kind of do manually. Sometimes I'll download you know the same movie four times just to if I have issues initially getting it, I'll download it four times and then I might have to come through and delete you know three or four of them uh, depending on what's going on. But that's how the movies are done. That's how the TV is done through sonar manually downloading movies um the music stuff is done through deluge deluge and uh, the indexer i use for that for torrent is uh apollo.rip which is now uh, i can't remember the name of it but it's a different a different host they got an old backup of apollo.rip and they've reopened it under a different uh, provider it's a private only tracker deal but uh, that's where i get some of my music and um might do one on music for uh, for downloading uh, music and managing music and uh, stuff like Deezer and uh, Bandcamp and managing all that um, and portability of music. But that's pretty much for the media box. Um, I don't touch the media box. It pretty much manages itself. I'll update Plex and Sonar uh, Plex and uh, the externally facing services like Plex and my music stuff, which is subsonic every once in a while. Other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't touch it. I don't mess with it. I'll reboot it when it gets weird, um, and sometimes I'll mess with the object recognition stuff. But in general, I don't really touch it all that much. Uh, that should pretty much get you covered as far as a high level. Um, and I'll go over a couple of other things. Like I'll go over sonar. I'll do one for sonar specifically, and then I'll probably do one for music specifically. Um, maybe I'll include um, SAB and ZBD and the, the stuff, but that's that's your saying. Anyways, um, look forward to giving you some more episodes around the media box and how I've got it all set up. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.